0: Oh, I feel so humble. Um, Thank you. Um, I'm usually back with the kids, so if I act kind of like, you know, (laughs) ha ha ha, joke or whatever, it just comes out of me naturally. I'm trying to be adult today. Um, Hang on. Please. Okay. I have to have a clock in front of me because I never forget to look up there. And yes, I am known to be wordy. Okay, they asked me to uh, um, share about me, because not everybody knows me. And of course, if you know me, you still don't know everything about somebody. So, uh, good morning. A bit about me. My name's Dorothy Ann Silva, and with two, uh, an E at the end. I've been a member of this church since first grade. Um, I accepted Christ as my Savior at the old church in Yosemite. I was 10 years old after the pastor explained salvation and asked to come forward if you interested. And that was the first time I recognized the Holy Spirit coming in me and impacting me because I had this urge, go up front, go up front. I don't want to go up front. I don't want to go up front. Go up front. And I did. And that's where I received the finishing of my salvation. So I went for the call. I can still see baptism. I'm back in the old churches. It was where the choir and it was flat and there were just two big things and you have to lift them up and move them and you step down in for your baptism. Anyway, so I grew up. I went to Delta uh, College. I began teaching children then, Sunday school. And I loved it. So I know that God has put the passion and calling in me because I've always ministered to children in our church and elsewhere. Church camp, EBS, and more. In fact, one time, I'd take time off when I'd have a baby. And we're driving home from church, and my husband and I said to my husband, you know, hon, I think maybe I'm ready to go back to teaching. And he, in his way, I was waiting to hear that. So he knew. when my oldest daughter had a, showed a learning disability, st- struggling in elementary school, a homeschooling friends, a friend said, uh, if I want to try homeschooling, she'd mentor me because she was doing it. My, my reaction was, hmm, me teach? Ooh, I might like that. So I now uh, help a little with the homeschooling of my grandchildren, and I do private tutoring for children who need one-on-one teaching. So yeah, I just love being with the kids. Um, no life's perfect. My husband died at the age of fifty-nine from a surprise hereditary disease. And we had sold our house and my parents and moved together in a big house in town so I could take care of them when they got older. And we get along fine. So that was great. Other than it's two story. And I mom wanted to keep going up and clean. My mom liked to clean. And I had to forbade her from going upstairs to the top where the kids lived. They had the top level. I can't believe it's that dirty. I said, Mom, quit going up there. Don't go up there again. <laughs> so, and actually, they didn't know how to clean. Um, so, uh, so then, with that going on, uh, um, Carlos died. And life became exceedingly sadder. I had to go back to work part time as I finished my son's schooling. And then the sadness did get worse. Uh, my mother got Alzheimer's. And then, as my husband's getting worse, he couldn't stand or keep asking him questions. So I'm now running interference between the two of them. Uh, my mother didn't have a mean bone in her body. But oh, the meanest thing she said one time were tying shoes. She's tying shoes. She says, I don't know what you guys do if you didn't have me to push around. That was as mad as she ever got. She was wonderful. Um, so she got Alzheimer's, and my dad always had his brain. He always had his thinking, even at 100 years old. But um, Carl's lost his job. He was refused from his job because of his dementia. So that put us in financial straits. So anyway, I had to put my parents in rest homes one at a time. We ran out of money. We had to sell our house. But God provided a a tiny home right over there, and I'm still blessed to live in it, even though I miss my big house. Um, So over the years, yes, I have struggled with my faith in life's happenings but God's mercies abounded around me, and I've made it this far. And I know from my personal experience, God will help you through all your sad and bad and unfair things. That's what he does. He strengthens us on the inside. So here I am, my faults. Most of you know them, even though I try to hide them. I have some strength, and I have struggles. I still do. I won't shoot get you into that. So today, I'm beginning the first three sermons on thankfulness, thankfulness in the uh, Thanksgiving season. And we're going to be reading scriptures. So if you get your Bibles ready, I'll be listening to those pages or your Bible app to look up the scriptures. Um, Recently, Jason preached, encouraging us to purposely engage in three principles ahead of these holiday seasons. And it was so right on. I wanna share how that's working here. It talked about planning. So we're now right going into Thanksgiving, time of thanks. Um, plan, before you get into the deep of it, what and how much you can do, you name it, to keep the season from becoming think something you like. Oh, but I'm so glad it's over. So if you can move it back so we don't have to have that, I can hardly wait this over then pray. Pray privately. Talk to God on your own about the season. Um, pray with your spouse and by golly, bring your children in it. So they see the pattern that we go to God and we just talk to Him about what's coming up and how He will lead us and, and guide us and bless us. And praying that God will help you to keep the main thing the main thing. You all know how hard that can be so then he said pause so it's plan pray and pause breathe deep it's about to hit the wall going into the season the things we want to do get ready relax and when you're doing that wait on your savior your savior wait on him to fulfill his promise to you to guide you and to show himself to you personally god is personal folks we're not just good and we hear good principle things to follow Uh, that's true But there's a living, breathing God and Holy Spirit behind it. They change your heart. Just it's really easy as Americans to get into just doing the good, you know. But it's always personal, and God wants to show you personally what He has for you during these seasons. That reminds me. um, In the Book of Matthew, it says, "Wherever two or three are gathered, guess who's there?" Huh? God's there. He says, "I'm in the midst." I'm in the middle. So if there's two or more and we have that today, I don't want to be radical, but the Holy Spirit is here in this room. The invisible Spirit of God is here. And for all of us, if He lives in you, He's here. And so He's here every time you meet with others to speak to you. And He wants to speak to you. So let's not think of us us today. Let yourself be blessed by what God says to you, okay? Um, <clears throat> slide number one. I have a slide presentation. See, Jesse, I can have one too. And, it's, and my sermon was, to, I'm thankful to God because he loves me. And so I put, God, I'm thankful because you love me. And then I was thinking about how to approach it, what verses, whatever, and it, and it hit me. Well, sometimes to, you compare opposites to get a true picture of what you're working on. So I said, okay, let's do that. God, I haven't felt all that thankful lately, I've got to tell you. How do I know how much you love me if you do, huh? I'm not the only one who's felt that way, I don't think. So, based on that, we're gonna, you'll see the proof. Um... So one of the building blocks of understanding is definitions in the, in the dictionary. Don't you love looking at words in the dictionary? Yeah, yeah, I know there's people they want to see. I wouldn't suggest Wikipedia, but other than that, um, they let people add their own in it. I finally saw one that was absolutely, what? Okay, so, so one of the definitions that we will hopefully, Spirit will speak to you, for a deeper meaning for you, or a specific area. See, see God's specific. He's personal. Um, You look at my arms and my my blouse, you pretty much know I don't have an Italian tailor that gets my clothing just the right length for my arm and my shoes just the right size. I slop around in 11s because one foot's bigger than the other. But the Holy Spirit knows you in the inside exactly, and He tailors everything exactly to your need and each time. That's one of the joys of being a child of God that we have. So, okay, I'm sorry, don't, don't say a word, Kim. Okay, down means next one. So we're talking about definition of thankful. It, um, it said recognizing, I added admitting to. Recognizing the benefit received. You got to recognize it if it's a, that was a benefit. And sometimes you ain't going to admit to it. And that's usually within a relation, right? Come on, come on, come on, come on. You're not ready to say, oh, yeah, thank you for doing that, hon. Not yet. So then two, after you recognize it, you react with an emotional feeling of and or, if you can get that, an expression of appreciation. And then it went on to say delight, gladness, happiness, joyful, pleased, satisfied, respect. And my personal favorite, tickled. Has anybody ever ever heard tickled? I was young when I heard it. You say, oh, that just tickled me. Okay. Now it's out there. Um, Okay. So to be thankful to God, we have to recognize the benefit we're getting. Okay. And we have to receive it. So after that we look at, again, we're thankful because he loves us, and we need to know how much he loves us and be reminded of it. So love, three kinds in the Bible, I don't pronounce it right, E-R-O-S, eros, it's what we call romantic love, Ero, yeah, romantic love, the book of Song of Songs, that's King Solomon, right? And it's talking about this kind of deep love and the attributes of it, him and his lovers. Um, it really is a great book to read, but I just wouldn't include it in your family time reading, okay? Because it's in the Bible, it's worth leaving reading, but kids can do something else. So, the second kind of love, philia. It's in the Bible, it's found in the city name of Philadelphia, which is called the city of brotherly love. Because this form of love is the Greek for the deep emotional bonds that connect two people. You have friend, to See You have deep, deep emotional bonds because of. Okay? And then um, the Bible tells the story of Jonathan and uh, David. And they were such deep friends. Jonathan, what he did and put in danger to keep his father from murdering John, uh, mm-hmm. sorry, from K- uh, David, who's going to become king. And I forgot this, later in life, David looked after Jonathan's children long after Jonathan had died. I forgot about that. So, great friends do these kind of things for each other. And God and the Holy Spirit, th- God, Jesus said, I'm just calling you this, I call you friends, because Friends tell friends things they don't tell other people. I mean, we have so many definitions of who we are to him. All of them have some absolutely special thing about it. So now we get to agape love. In the Bible is the highest, most noble form of love. And it's reserved for the love that God has for us. What does reserved mean? That's my table. Nobody else can sit at it. It's reserved for me personally. Okay? This love is reserved personally for God's love for you. So definition, oh, and then had the word noble, highest, most, no. I said, so I need to know the definition of noble. Uh, righteous, self-sacrificing, brave, virtuous, good, honorable, honest, upright, uncorrupted, generous, and more. I got stuck on uncorrupted. I said, well, what would corrupt it? The best example I came up with, somebody in a small accident, and you go over and you help them out of the car and, and to walk, but you see people are filming it. and news was there. And so you just kind of turn your head a little. So you get a little acknowledgement for what you did. Uncorrupted. It wasn't just pure. I don't need. I don't know who. And I did it. But God's love for us is never corrupted. Okay. Um, and his ultimate love was shown to you. Uh, when Jesus sacrificed his life. And he paid the price for your sin. Paid the price for your sin. Yeah, he took the penalty that you deserved, that I deserved, so we could have eternal life after our bodies die and our spirits leave our body, go to be with him, not in less attractive settings. Um, So our earth, but so now, so the Jesus used parables. So our earthly relationships. Those closest to us often have difficulties with loving them and loving them well. Um, sometimes we just want our own way, folks. Well, maybe just me. Uh, and love can fade because of, and love can be destroyed. Sometimes our problem in our relationship, I'm, you know, I'm really comparing God's loves with us with spouses, your lover. Uh, Our lack of thankfulness to the other is actually just a misunderstanding because of poor communication. Oh, is that what you meant, honey? Oh, I'm so sorry. You don't know how mad I was at you. Or having different expectations. You and your spouse ever have different expectations about what you were going to do or how you thought it needed to end? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I hit everybody's That or your best friend. You can hit everybody's toe with that one. That's because, you know why? You're imperfect. You have sin. So why? But that's good news. Okay, so the good news, why? So, Jesus then used these parables like the vine. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. So, you can see all the grapevines around here. And you see all these branches and the leaves and then the fruits. But if somebody comes along and clips that branch where there's little baby fruits and separates it from the vines who roots, suck up minerals and nutrients from the ground, every little baby grape there is going to die and that branch will die. And it gets pulled off and thrown away. So for us, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides, there's another definition we look at a little need to look at deeper. Uh, in me and I abide in them, bears much fruit. There's a promise, guys. Think you might be thankful for that? Yeah, yeah. It's another thing to be thankful for. You'll bear much fruit. Now, now go home and look up this definition of what fruit means by fruit. you He says, for without me, without the vine whose roots are down there bringing up the life, John 15:5, you can do nothing. Now, it doesn't mean we don't have self-value. We have to understand, compared to God, we are nothing. But that's okay. All right? Um, It's a good thing to understand. Okay. Um, Okay. So, we're dealing with our relationship with God and thankfulness. So, I have a few slides because I like to joke. And just kind of amusing. And they're showing... um, Again, I'm comparing. See, you're you're married to your lover, but Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, is the lover of your soul. So you have a perfect lover whether you're married or not because your earthly lover ain't perfect. They don't always do right with you or expect right of you. But doggone it, that's good because the Holy Spirit is everybody's perfect lover of their soul. Go there, folks. All right. Um, So... These earthly relationships help to transfer us the principle. So I said sometimes our problems are different expectations. And uh, here's a slide. Oh, wrong way. Down means next one. Marriage counselor, what do you mean we don't communicate? I texted you last week. I don't know if any of you have that particular issue. And here's another one. Remember I talked about love can fade because of the years. And, uh, okay. The last time he told me I look hot, I had a fever. Okay, I see, you know, expectations and how to meet the other, and You need a little bit of work there, okay? Um, and the last. There's a couple who've been married 45 years. and ended up marriage counseling. Counselor looks at the wife and said, okay, you want this, what is your major complaint in this relationship? She said, we've been married 45 years, and not once in 45 years did he ever say, I love you. So the counselor looked at the husband and said, no. husband said, well, I said I love you on our wedding day, and I just figured I didn't need to repeat it unless something changed. So, different expectations of showing affection. He still loved her, so why did he need to repeat it? So, we all do need and even require reminders of others' love for us. That brings us to slide seven. Well, we start out, God, I am thankful because you love me, or God, I haven't felt all that thankful lately. How do I know how much you love me, even if you do? So, we're going to look in the scriptures, okay? Okay? And see what God has for us today. I'm a, if you want to close your eyes, whatever, I'm going to pray. <clears throat> Gracious, perfect, all-loving Father, we are here before you right now. Help us to quiet, quiet our spirits. And we ask you to gladly speak to us about what you have to say to each one today. Speak to us. Holy Spirit, you are here in the atmosphere and you're here in each life. We are willing to listen. And we pray that every child and every adult work in every room get a blessing from you, hearing something from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Are you ready? All right, look up, if you would look up Psalms 193, 13. Um, I'm using the Holen, Holman Christian standard for this, just like the wording, because we're trying to be fresh. We get so, we hear the same words, and we get the exact same different, and our definitions aren't always accurate. So it said, for it was you who created me in my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. My brother is an engineer and designed sprinklers, sprinkler heads, and I, we got in the factory once, and there's a little piece, and some engineer figured out how to take a big case of them and get it on, you know, the uh, treadmill, not the treadmill, the track. And every so often, there was a hole, and I'm watching, and this, it falls in, and it goes up, and they hear a pfft, and it moved like that. Then it keeps going off, pretty soon you hear another pfft, and it goes like that. And then it's Ready. They decided how far, how hard, how much poof to get this teeny tiny little thing to move so it's ready to go to the next spot. Then they just start the machine, except for occasional things. It goes automatically. However, pregnancy, growth of a baby, and birth isn't like that machine, created wonderfully, but not on your own. Why do, how do we know that? Because it says, you, God, created me. Uh, you knit me together in my mother's room. He's, God set the process for how this all to happen, but he's still involved because He loves everything, he creates. Another thing. well, I think you can be thankful for that. Okay, let's go to the next scripture. First John 4:19. Does anybody want to read that if you can talk loud? First John 4:19. And whatever version you're using. We love each other because we love first. Yes, we love because he loved first. Well, so if I have trouble with loving, guess what? I can go to him and he'll get it going. That's something to be thankful for. It's not all of my, I'm gonna be good. I'm gonna love others, but she really irritates me. And if he forgets to bring home, the ham one more time, okay. Uh, God loved us first. We didn't have to work up to loving God. You know, that's another thing. I'm sorry. You put all the religions in the world in this hand and you put just Christianity in this hand and all the other religions of the world to connect with their God, they're taught you got to work hard. You got to be better, be better, be better, be better. Uh, pay penance, penance. work yourself up. Every single other religion you, get, you can reach, me maybe, to get approval. Christianity is the only one where the God said, ho, relax, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm coming down to you. I love you. Uh, you meet with me. I'll come right to you, and then I'll help you be better. You can't get a better offer than that. You can't get any more thankful. That's something to big to be thankful for. So now, Jeremiah 31.3. Jeremiah 31.3. 31.3. 3. Right. Would anybody like to read that out loud? Jean. Gene? Okay, a whole list of things to be thankful for. One, he said, I loved you. He called he called you my people. You ever seen that on Facebook or a group? And I've heard people say, well, I post here because that's my people. Huh? You are go. Huh? Huh? God looks at you and he says, oh, you're my people. You're my people. Okay? And, of course, he wants everybody to be his people. Um, so, <laughs> oh, so everlasting love unfailing nobody else can do that for you folks nothing else nothing else can do that for you and he says i have drawn you to me my gosh he does all the hard work for us whether it's just on a single issue and a single problem he will bring things about to draw you to him so he can help you let the holy spirit change you modify your viewpoint heal an emotional wound from the way you were treated or example he does all that if we just uh, cooperate something else you might be thankful for okay john three sixteen. we know that for god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life okay deal. you know why that's a big deal god gave his son to die for you he gave his one and only son to die for you. It was personal to him. It wasn't there's was this mass of people oh, all on help. God knows you personally and he did this for you. Even if it was just you, it was a personal gift for you. Receive it as such. Remember that great love. Okay? Uh, John 3:16. Um, for God, oh, John 3.16, everybody already got it. <laughs> um, for God so loved the world, they He gave His one and only Son again. Oh, I just we just did that, didn't we? Hmm. Yeah, well, Hallelujah, Lord! I just had to say it again. Philippians two thirteen. Philip and yeah, Philippians. Yes, yes. That's up on my clipboard in my, my, my room. And, and I added to listen up for God, for me, for God is working in you, giving you the desire. That's the want to. I have actually said, God, I need you to give me the want to, to want to do this. Does that that make sense? He'll change your attitude and you can ask him. He will not be upset. Then I said, and the power, that's the Holy Spirit's strength okay? And he's more, to do what pleases him. You need to please him. Here are the steps. Here are the benefits. Let's be thankful. All of this he's done for you. Just you. Just you and your little home, your little room. He does it. He did it for you. Okay, Philippians 2.13. Oh, we just did it. Sorry. Uh-huh. I highlighted but you know, um, to do what pleases him. You know, I don't remember not loving God and wanting as a child, God, to be pleased with me. And um, I said I was going to share, to get to know me, you need to know, some, some of my personal uh, spiritual life, I struggle with um, knowing God was pleased with me or that my father was pleased with me. After my husband died, I, when we had to move, I went back a mile away. I went to walk around the park by the house because I loved it. And I had two questions I'd ask him. And again, I work with children. I talk to dogs, and I'll talk to plants. I mean, just, you know, it's like, I'm you know, that's just me. So when I get old and in a rest home, if you come visit me, and I'm talking to a vase, hey, Mom, you're a pretty little thing. Yes, that's Dorothy. Because um, I probably will be. <laughs> mm. So... And I would go, and I'd see the weather balloon over there, weather balloon. And I'm sorry, I'm just being honest. Sometimes I'd say, well, hi, God. Yeah, I'm here again tonight. And then I'd walk and say, okay, God, I got two questions for you. I'm only going to tell you one of them. And my question was, God, are you pleased with me? And I, I asked him that for, I don't know, a number of months waiting to hear. Not every day, but I walked a number of times a day. I said, God, are you p- my father? Are you pleased with me? And one day I'm at home and I get an email from Noah Jefferson, that some of you know, in the service. They came here years ago and then he's in Alaska. And he's in Alaska this time. And I tried to find the email on my computer and his name there. It's like it got deleted. And yes, I know it's probably something dumb I did and I deleted it, Jesse knows. And he knows he can't even rescue it for me. <laughs> I usually, I'll even make double copies. You'll find stuff on my computer for it's really important. It's also my filing cabinet. But um, he said, Dorothy, I was having my... Dis- okay, okay, let me get started on this. Dorothy, uh, I was doing devotions this morning and reading the Bible and praying. he said, I had this sense that God wanted me to tell you this. He sees how you help people, and he's pleased with you. Holy Spirit answered my need. It took a while, and he had no idea. He didn't know I was talking, asking that question. He listened to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit had him them, but God was pleased with my Christian life so, moving on quickly, yes, that's something to be thankful for, God meets your totally intimate personal need, ask him, talk to him about it, well, one other thing I saw, oh, you all have refrigerators, and you have pictures on them, right, must you, does everybody pictures get on the, on a refrigerator, not big enough for everybody, is it, not everybody you like or appreciate, get up there. There's sort of a specialness to those who get their picture on your refrigerator because you can't put everybody. Sometimes you'll trade off at times. But it's, isn't that not a special place to have your picture? The people on it special? Well, I read this somewhere, and let me tell you. If God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. That made me cry too. And my picture would be on his refrigerator, but so would yours. He's got to have an awfully big refrigerator door, but your picture would be on it. Now, how about being thankful that kind of a personal, totally individualized knows everything about you, and he loves you, and when he went, he'd put your pictures on his refrigerator. You can't help but be filled with Thanksgiving. First um, John one nine. I think we all know that. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive it and cleanse us of all on wickedness. I know you've confessed your sins and you know he's faithful to forgive it. How many of you have sat and thought about, he's cleaning me from all the wickedness of my sin? You know, sin leaves a stain, a dross. You may be forgiven, there may be this hazy thing uh, still in your soul, your mind, your memories. Well, not only does he confess, he will cleanse you from all the wickedness of your sin, yours. Yours personally, not a a big gentle one. He knows yours. He knows exactly what wickedness you need cleansed off. And darn if he's not glad to do it. And he'll do it perfectly. Again, we say, oh, it was a perfect wedding. Well, not really. On earth, nothing's perfect. God is the only perfect, perfect Savior, perfect, perfect lover of your soul. And he loves to do this. He will cleanse you from all. Not most of it. Not the worst of it. All of it. You can come out with the cleansed memory, cleansed, whatever it is. So that's something to jump up and down about. Uh, Sorry. I'm babysitting the dog. Um, When my husband was bad, mom had Alzheimer's and and he lost his job. I'm taking care of everybody and working part-time. Um, I'll, I wasn't going to share it, but okay, I'm sharing it again. Last one. My heart got cold before about God. Has you ever had felt your heart cold towards God? Oh my gosh. You don't want to feel that. That is an awful, awful feeling. I'm cold. I see a Bible and said, I can't read that. I'm sitting up middle of the night because my husband there and my mother. I was cold. I went to church because I went to church, but I felt didn't want to talk to him, do not open my Bible, my heart was cold towards God it is a weird thing so in the night I turned on the TV and I turned on, I think it was TBN, I tried to find a preacher who wasn't too legalistic or preacher that uh, I didn't have to roll around and praise, you know, the, the difference of believers I found two, anyway so I start listening to those two And listen, one focused on hope. There is hope. The other one was a detailed Bible teacher, but he had an experience. He was on his knees with staff, and the Holy Spirit flowed over God's love through him. And he said, I just burst. We're all on our knees at our little chairs, and that's a good thing to try, praying on your knees. There's something about it. It's good. He started bawling, he said. And I couldn't stop crying because I felt it, how much God loved me, felt it. Again, guys, this is personal and we get good as Christians and we do the good and we know and all, but we're missing the intimacy that God wants for us for every day of our life. Until you die, it's available. So all of a sudden, after a while, I don't know how long, I felt the cold go away. And all these verses tell you God will do that for you. Okay, Lamentations, the next one, 3, 22 and 23, again, kind of a repeat, he says, the faithful love of God never ends, his mercies never cease, great is his faithfulness, it's kind of like when you're watching football and you say, great pass, it wasn't just a pass, it was a great pass, God's faithfulness is worth you standing up and going, yeah, like my husband used to do at football games on TV, or if we went there, This is this quiet guy who wouldn't have done anything in church, but football was different. And he heard about that from me. Um, It says, his mercy began afresh every morning. Do you understand when you've done it again? How many times? God's mercy for you is fresh. You have not used it up. You have not taken the sharp edge off of his mercy by your stubbornness or whatever. His mercies start brand new, fresh every day until you pass away and you head up there. Remember that, be thankful for that. We get really hard on ourselves and then we give up. I just can't be that. But he will do it in us, he wants to. We have to ask him and we have to maybe let go. We do have pride, you know, and we do have self-will. Even quiet people have self-will. Everybody knows I have strong will. My husband did too. There's two, the two temperaments, the outgoing and then the quiet ones. Well, the outgoing ones want to control by what's going on around them. The quiet ones that everybody thinks nice, like my husband, they control by what you won't talk them into and what they're not going to volunteer for. Just real quietly. <laughs> okay? So n- neither temperament's better than the other folks. They're both wonderful. So you, his mercies for you and what you're going through and this time of your life, and what you did in the past, they'll t- take care of everything, and it's fresh. You don't have to be adding it up. Okay, I'm almost done. Deuteronomy 3, 8, 31, 8. I know, I got to stop. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. That's up on my board, because I get nervous about things. get He's going, he's going, he went, I was, for this morning, that was my main one. He's coming here before me. I said, okay, God, I don't want them to see me, hear me. I want them to see you and hear the Holy Spirit's voice. Although we each have our own personality, and that's going to be there. But, Lord, take them past that, or this is just a thing to do. If it doesn't make any difference in your personal spiritual life, we sort of wasted our time. And God doesn't like that because he loves us so much. So he'll be with you. He won't leave you or forsake you. You can't say that about anybody else, folks. You can't. So it says, "Because of this, don't fear, and don't dismay it when you're just ready to give up on it. So we don't have to. Whatever it is in your life that you're on the edge of giving up on, oh, I just don't think I ever can. You may know the verse. Sit down and say, "Lord, make it fresh and real for me again. I've been reading it, but I'm not feeling it. OK? Um, Psalms 31:8. I'm sorry, I had to cut off all my verses. Uh, truly, my soul silently waits for God, see, we, we, we got to be quiet enough, we can hear the Holy Spirit, okay, so, uh, and he says, from him comes your salvation, you need salvation eternally, or in a situation, oh, it's going to come from him, he says, he only is my rock, and my salvation, this is New King James, he only, he, he only is your rock, the rock is that safe place to be, and he only is your salvation. He may work through me or you or or something. But it is he. Get back to your personal intimate relationship. It all comes from there. He said, he is my defense. Oh, I thought it was my good ability to talk. You know, I think I might be a lawyer. Well, he may use that. But your defense is your relationship with the Lord. through so the Holy Spirit personally, your, your defense against anything, any kind of trouble, there's the place to go to. And therefore... I shall not be greatly moved in my version. One says shaken. So I took the greatly moved to mean you might be shaken and nervous about it. Yeah, sure, God understands that. But you're not going to have to fall apart. Huh? Isn't that thankful? He'll keep that limit there while you're working with him. Last one. Um, Kim, we're singing that song. Are there two songs or just that one? Okay. Um, before we read that, there are a couple questions. Oh, sorry. Somebody can't keep up with the slides. I need help. Oh, I want, oh. Well, wrong. See, down means next one. Down means next one. Okay. I have it right here. So, and I still forgot. I didn't make it. It was only in pencil. I didn't, I didn't get it my attention. Well, you know, you see. I use colors. Um, For you, ask God a couple questions. Say, God, how well do I accept and receive your love? You know, we have issues why we don't want to accept it. Okay, lots of them, huh? And two, just ask him, what can I do? Or what can you do through me to experience your love in a fuller and a deeper way than I've been doing? He loves to answer questions like that. So you may be thinking, God, I haven't felt all that thankful lately. Just ask. Just ask him, how can I know how much you love me personally and help me see it? We had a lady named Alda. We're in a Bible study about how to find out what God wants you to do. And um, the story in it was, these college girls wanted to start a Bible study. So they were out asking between classes and things. And uh, Youth for Christ. They went back and said, we've been doing this for three months and we don't have a single person interested in Bible study. What do we do? Well, the leader said, you know what? Stop asking anybody. Don't ask anybody. Don't speak a word of that at school. But meet oh, as many days a week as you can and pray and ask God what is he who does he want you to minister to? Okay, they started it. Nobody spoke. No, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. But they get together and pray, God, we, we, we want to do what you want us to do. Who do you want us to do it with? When do you want us to do it? Who? Show us and then we'll go there. Okay? Went back a week later. Nope, nothing. Went back to the useful Christ. He said, man, we haven't said nothing. We're, he says, are you praying for out your outreach? Yes, we're praying, you know, all kinds of things. What do you want to change in us? I don't whatever. And they left again. After about the, f- they came in the fourth week, I think it was. And they're all happy. And he said, well, okay, tell me what happened. She said, we were standing in the hallway between class time. Two girls walked out of a classroom. None of us knew or ever seen before. They walked up to us. Looked kind of looked at us. And one girl said, are you guys Christians? Do I need to say any more to end that story? Pray. Let God show us. And we'll hear it. And he'll bring it, what we need to it. And you as an individual. Because he loves you and he's perfect. So wait quietly in your spirit, ready to hear his answer. And I guarantee you here, your family group, or us as a group, of, or a group, a community, a family here. We'll hear it too. If we start, if we keep up with our prayer in in listening to him. Um, One last verse, you don't have it. James 1.5 says, if any of you lack wisdom, what are you supposed to do? Go ask your friend, go to the preacher, go to the deacon. He says, let him ask of God. Oh my gosh, what a novel idea. I was going to read some book on it. I was going to look at preacher on the table. Ask God about this? I should know better. Just ask him, and what will happen? In James 1, 5, he says, God will give liberally. Liberally meaning a whole bunch, more than enough, okay? And without reproach. How many times in your life with your parents did you get reproach when you asked a question, or you've done it? How many times do I have to tell you there's a pipe there, step over it. How many times have I told you? What do you mean you don't know what to do? Yeah, yeah. My girls are going, Oh gosh, I heard that so many times, I don't want to hear it again. <laughs> um, we will do reproach in our children. But if you ask God, He'll give the answer of what you need to know, complete, and the, and the order and the timing, because you know, He does it perfectly. We can't even counsel each other perfectly. And without any reproach, it'll be given to you, will be given. Jason. God, I'm thankful because you love me.